Merry Christmas, Simon. Oh, thank you. I say Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas back to you. And God bless us one and all and everyone. And now, this is the Art Cinema Fart Cinema Christmas special. And I thought that uh, I would give you a, a little secret Santa gift. So here's oh. your gift. Oh, <laughs> I'm so surprised. I'm shocked. Let's, let's, let's just uh, tear this open. <laughs> oh, my God. How did you know? How did you know that was I like it? it? That, that was that. That is it. That is exactly it. My God, I can't believe it. Well, as it happens, I, I've broken the same rule. We promised not to do this, but not yet. Secret Santa for yourself. There you go. Yeah, except it's not secret because I'm handing it to you. So thanks for the present, man. There you go. Oh, Simon! I can't believe! Oh my goodness! Thank you so much, man. I oh, thought you would like it. It's so lovely. Thank you, Simon. That's quite. Uh, that, that's quite all right. <laughs> art cinema, art cinema, art cinema, art cinema, art cinema, art cinema. I can't believe it's been a year since we talked about Star Wars Christmas special. And Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, We were in the same room as same well. Same room and everything, yeah. It's, it's good. How unusual. It, is it, does it feel longer than a year or less than a year to you? Less than a year. Did, it, did you make the most out of this year, Simon? Absolutely not. This year's been a dire one. <laughs> it's actually been a crap decade, to be honest. But I, The I'm whole gonna, ten years. I'm not going to get into personal Every stuff. year. It's not this, the fact that it's a Christmas special. It should I don't think that we should be papering over the. <laughs> we should be pasting over the. Uh, How weird for me to think I should talk about the worst decade of my life <laughs> because it's the Christmas special. No, who cares? Nobody. What do you care about at Christmas time? Batman. Uh, do you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I care about Michael Keaton, and it just so happens that he did. He did. He did play Batman. Correct. Uh, Michael Keaton. He was in a. On a David Letterman uh, chat show, he talked about how he, he likes, he really loves bad weather, and bad weather makes him feel alive. And I was watching <laughs> this, thinking, I can't believe someone else feels that way. Like, because that's you're like that's what I feel. I, that was, way la- as well. I was kind of scoffing at that, like, what a weird thing to say. Yeah, it's a weird thing to say. I, I don't walk around just saying that I like bad weather and that I feel really alive when I'm out in bad weather with like a nice big coat on. You just love it. And you can, yeah, you, you, in the dark how, atmosphere. How intensely do you love it? I just really, really do like get, it. I do feel like... Do you get goose, a little... A little bit of wood, yeah. Do you get... A little bit of a rock on. A little bit of a pocket So the rain hits your skin and you're like, fuck yeah. Yes. And then when I get inside, it's like, oh, it's all over. Yeah, and you're back to droopy again. Yeah. Hey. Anyway, <laughs> this is the Christmas special, a very Michael Keaton Christmas, mm-hmm. and today's episode, we're going to be, or today's part, we're going to be talking about the 1992 Tim Burton film, Batman Returns, which is a Christmas movie, technically, because it's set during Christmas It's time. definitely a Christmas movie, I mean, yeah. you know, there's a big tree, there's people having presents and all that, you it's know. all that, yeah. Iron Man 3 is also a Christmas movie, it's set during Christmas time as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, there's no debates. I mean, forget it. The minute someone says Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. I mean, even that uh, James Bond film with Denise Richards playing a character called Christmas. It's a I'm, Christmas movie. That makes it a Christmas. <laughs> Get it on on Christmas Eve. Someone says Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. Instantly. Yeah. So, Simon, tell me what Batman Returns is all about. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's doing the crime noir thing that he did. The first, Tim Burton's second Batman film is Batman Returns. The first one featured the Joker, played by Jack Nicholson, as the bad guy. This time he ups the ante by having Danny DeVito as the Penguin, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, Correct. Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, and Christopher Walken as some creepy character that no one will ever have heard of. His Don't... name is Max Shrek. Do you think he, has he got an or, origin in the comics and stuff? He was invented for this film, I think. Invented <laughs> Anyone who's him. into the comics is going to be like, No, you idiot! How Max Shrek is from Batman 792! Yeah, who cares? Max Shrek, that's my lifestyle choice. You know, I don't even know if uh, is is a good place to start with this film just to say that uh, you know, plot-wise, it's crap. Yep. Like it's got fucking uh, the crime element to it is like basically there's a guy called Max who's all toxic, wasty, and fucking up the planet. There's the penguin who's a mutant who kind of bribes Max with the knowledge that he's acquired through finding everything that's, that's flushed. You flush it, I flaunt it. So he bribes Max into giving him status to have a life above ground, basically. And then at the same time, Catwoman is played by Michelle Pfeiffer, who originates as Max Shrek's secretary. He pushes her out a window because she's... Uh, is this... Yeah, we're going right into spoilers. Yeah, he just straight up kills her. He just tries to kill her because she's open protected files in preparation. Trying to prep for something or do be helpful, she oversteps the mark. Uh, so she becomes the vengeful Catwoman who hates Max Shrek because he took one of her nine lives. Well, I don't know anything about... Right, I don't know anything about the comics about Batman. I really don't. So Catwoman in this film is a zombie. She's like a she's like a zombie that's brought, brought back to life by cats. Like, she falls out the window and she's dead for all intents and purposes. And like she's like stone-cold dead. Like, she even looks like kind of pasty when she's lying on the pavement. And then all these cats come and like harass her. Like, they come and sexually harass her for a bit. And then she comes back to life. She kind of acts like a zombie for a bit. And then yeah. she's just not a zombie anymore. It's really strange, man. Yeah, she walks back into her flat and it's just like... It's like the zombified version of when she did earlier in the film. Yeah. Hey, honey, I'm home. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm not married. And she's <laughs> just like dropping her handbag and her ja- taking her jacket off in kind of a dazed kind of look with bl- blood coming from her head. Yeah. It's it's a strange film. Apparently, they uh, covered her like they absolutely like slathed her in uh, tuna for that scene where all the cats come and harass her uh, when she's dead. They apparently just legit rubbed tuna all over Michelle Pfeiffer, and the cats will come. The licking. cats were all like, Fuck "Yeah, mm, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's coming fish, baby." Fishy Pfeiffer. <laughs> Fishy Pfeiffer. Yeah, she. They were all like coming up and nuzzling her and stuff. That was mm. kind of cool. I don't know. This is. They should have like a behind the scenes footage of that. Come on. We well, this to... movie's behind the scenes is really interesting. Okay, have you watched it? Yeah, I've I didn't watch uh, the behind the scenes, but I read about it. Okay? All right, I read okay. about it. And apparently, when this film was made, like fifty percent of the Warner Brothers studio lot was taken up by Gotham sets. So uh-huh. this movie's entirely shot on sets. And mm-hmm. if you know me by now, you know I like that kind of thing. I love yeah. I love. Sets you can tell. This. You can tell anyway. I mean, like, you wouldn't look at anything that's happening in the exterior shots and think that's actually outside, would you? You would just be like, <laughs> that's clearly like forced sound perspective, stage. soundstage, yeah, production design built by Bo Welch and his workers. You know, and remember his genius of Bo Welch. Yeah, the genius of Bo Welch, uh, who we celebrated. Uh, for his, his Cat in the Heart film in mm-hmm. the earlier episodes of Art Cinema, Fart Cinema. 
<laughs> my lifestyle is Max Shrek, because I like to live it with Max Shrek, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I like to live my life with Maximo Shrek. Actually, I watched all four Shrek movies in one day, like, not long ago. I forgot that there was four of them, you know. That you know, conventional seen. wisdom has it that they get worse as they go on, but I think they get better. No, I don't. Uh, the second one, though. They, they have, like, a guy play, playing piano in some saloon somewhere, and the first time you hear him, it's the Tom Waits song, and the second time You've it's said in this the before. cave. And I'm just like, why do they think that... It's, t- it's Captain Hook, and he's like, I like my town. With a little drop of poison. Drop of and then poison. later on, it's like, a people just ain't no good. And a Nick Cave thing, it's like, that's a different singer. <laughs> you can't... I don't think it matters in the lore of Shrek. In the lore of Shrek, it's all good. You can just alternate between, you know, have Cindy Lauper and then Meatloaf. We will now return to talking about Batman Returns. <laughs> it's crap. For the purposes of this podcast. Now, according to IMDb, this so this is when the start of the quote, okay? This was one of the last major Hollywood films to be done the old-fashioned way, with indoor sound stages, Trump Lyolil sets. In fact, hold on. Trump sets. Uh, miniatures and various other vestiges of old school Hollywood filmmaking. So, I like that about this film. And by the way, Trump. Trompe. It means like optical illusion sets. Oh, right. I think it literally means like. So there's forced perspective. So a small building will look like a faraway building. It means deceive the eye. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all the all the sound stages and sets and paintings, like matte paintings and stuff, are all distorted and meant to look deeper than they are and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's so well appreciated. I love that. I, I love it. It's really good. And even like the zoo is uh, the zoo in the film is made in miniature. And then when they blow up, the flames when they blow up look really really big because it's obviously a miniature and flames. Uh, like there's a whole scale to flames. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, exactly. So it just looks really bad. It's like but, you can't just scale up like a baby and pretend it's like Jack Palance because like the, the you know the body proportions are all different. Correct. <laughs> of a six foot baby, it's like that's Jack Palance. Don't worry, you know. Yep. <laughs> it's such a beautiful like like as as we were saying, every scene in the film is done on this gorgeous looking set and like mm-hmm. the, the set that they use for the, the penguins lair where there's literally penguins floating about in the water. They are all like fake penguins. They're animatronics, aren't they? No mate. They're real Some of penguins. them are real. They use about thirty. How real do you penguins. train a penguin to behave itself? <laughs> right, like so that? they used robot penguins, they used regular penguins, they used like puppets, they used a bunch of them all. But right. they did apparently so, use thirty about thirty penguins in the in the real thing. And not only that, they they shipped them across the Atlantic from England. Yeah, I suppose it's all about keeping it versatile, eh? For this shot I think we should use robot number three design or no, well, I don't think yeah, I don't think they Pull in pull in the real one for the next one actually. Do, let's do a take with the real one because the robot's just like not working. Well there's know, a few yeah. moments in this film where like the penguin actually unpredictably he like shoots someone in front of the penguins and and then you feel really bad for the real penguins. You're like, no yeah, don't make no noises, you'll annoy them. Yeah, no, like I mean but who's to say that penguins aren't gonna be emotionally disturbed by witnessing a fake murder on a film set? You or know? even watch yeah, watching Danny DeVito dress as like this weird fing 
God knows what. You know what I mean? Like they have like pet therapists and stuff. So maybe in Hollywood, it was like we're, we're going to need to blow a huge portion of the budget on aftercare for the penguins and therapy and whatnot. Well, so so goes the story. So goes the thing that I read that uh, the penguins actually laid eggs and stuff and gave birth or whatever during the filming of this movie, which is the sign of a happy penguin. Oh, but that might just go. be like the bullshit that they spread to just justify them using animals in movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so this film starts really strong in terms... Because it's, it hasn't had time to expose its weaknesses as, as a piece of storytelling. The pre-credit sequence where you see the birth, kind of, of the penguin and his parents uh, abandoning it throwing it over the bridge and he's got aristocratic it. parents who just go f*** that I don't, I don't want a deformed kid a mutant kid that just eats a cat or something a cat just gets pulled into the cage with him and <laughs> and the, yeah the, the parents just watch this quite nonchalantly and then decide to wheel it out and throw it over the off the bridge into into water and stuff and it's like you know the style you know the music the Danny Elfman score oh and all that, my god it, the score it, is gorgeous it yeah. totally like Gives me goosebumps every time that film starts and I watch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that. And uh, it's funny that Paul Rubens plays uh, the Penguin's father because that, that of course, is Pee Wee Herman, the, the disgraced actor who was... Uh, his career was kind of finished as a child's entertainer when he was found out to be masturbating in an adult film. What?! Film. Yeah, it's a joke. Is this no, it's the real thing. Wait, PB Herman's not real though. PB, yeah, but Paul Rubens is the actor. Oh, the guy who plays him, and he's he's Penguin's dad in, at the start. Oh, so um, is this pre or post accident? Post. Oh my so, god. So yeah, Tim Burton stuck by him. Gave oh my him, god. Gave him another role, you know. <laughs> Tim. You get you get like three, you know, a, a, a non-speaking part that's about three minutes of screen time, but you know, <laughs> I'm still I'm still here for you, Paul. Don't yeah. worry. I probably paid for his garden ornaments or something. Yeah. He's like, look, look, Tim, please, I need money, please. I've got yeah. this new collection of gnomes in my garden. When this film came out, I was twelve, and I, I like quite like. Did you the, like it? I quite like the first Batman. This, fe- film this movie feels like a massive event movie, but mm-hmm. like to people my age, I don't think anyone cares about it at all. I don't even think many people have seen it. Yeah. Well, I cared about it. A lot of people like uh, the 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 way that the first Batman thing goes is technically it, it is an event film because it made so much money and it was so quote unquote popular. But everyone bad uh, badmouthed it and said it was boring and said that you hardly ever see Batman and hardly ever you know any actions. The action sequences. I mean, even what was it like? Even specific artists and stuff that worked on comics and stuff have said that you know Tim Burton can't do actions. So quite the action sucks. Action scenes that are just bloody terrible. It's really crap. But it's a it's a question of what you know. If you don't care about that, then you're not going to miss it, are you? You know, I kind of I kind of think for me, I I'm kind of lucky in enjoying these films in that I actually do enjoy what Tim Burton enjoys. So when it comes to these Weird movies, dark shit. I I forgive whatever I can I can certainly see exactly what the flaws are and what someone might be really annoyed by. But I just I've got a memory of being in primary seven when the first film came out and everyone just you know like there's a justifiable backlash from kids from everyone that this isn't actually a film that anyone's going to enjoy because it's boring. Mm. You know when the second one came out I was like you know I'm still there I still want to watch Michael Keaton as Batman and I'm <laughs> you know. So I, I I was in a hurry to see it, and uh, obviously I couldn't go to the cinema to see it because it was like a, I think it was a fifteen or something like that. I don't know, I can't remember. But, well, it wouldn't surprise me because the bit where the penguin bites off the guy's nose, I was like, what yeah. the f- it's a fifteen. What's this on, doing in a movie? 
on DVD at least it's a 15 and even now and I still I'm, I'm not kind of sure if I kind of see that next to like other films and stuff you know it's maybe only a 15 because 12 year olds would find it really boring just boring yeah exactly they're not interested whereas 15 year olds have got that ego thing where they're like where they're like we want to see a 15 movie so we'll force ourselves to watch boring shit like, have you seen that episode of the Simpsons where uh, Bart's friends <laughs> Bart's friends are going to see an R-rated movie yeah <laughs> and, and they're it... all really excited to go see Barton Fink Barton Fink Barton Fink yeah you're going to get bored out of your tits yeah. <laughs> Barton Fink they're all like cheering as the, the van drives I remember that one yeah <laughs> oh man actually it's lucky that Penguin in this movie so Penguin's origin story as you were talking about was he gets washed down a river and then he gets found by penguins and raised by penguins it's lucky that he was raised by penguins in the zoo and not like like wallabies or ostriches yeah or fucking hippos he would be the hippo yeah yeah the hippo how rubbish would that he'd be a rubbish mm-hmm. villain he actually looks more like a hippo than a penguin I think he's yeah. got a big massive arse but then penguins do a big <laughs> arse too, I don't know but imagine he was the wallaby and he just bounced about all the time bouncing wallaby <laughs> oh wallaby I'll stop you Batman that Australian girl actually that uh, from the, the Tarantino films that's uh, that was Uma Thurman's stunt double and she's in Death Proof and that she could she could be the Wallaby. The Wallaby. Like, I'll stop you, Batman. Batman, boom, and just like she just bounces on on her big you know Wallaby feet. <laughs> I guess she's got giant feet. Exactly. Yeah. When it comes to the uh, the actual characters in this film, though, I was totally up for this movie, but I felt cheated. Right, I even felt cheated before the credits were over because, like, you get the names on the poster, the faces and names are there. It's it's Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer. When you're watching the movie, this other name comes up before Batman Returns title, and it's Christopher Walken. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And then you watch the movie, and it's this grey-haired guy walking around. I was twelve years. I didn't know anything about this guy. I was like. They've cheated me into watching this film starring some grey-haired, boring bastard <laughs> that's not got anything to do with Batman. Did, you, like, sh- did you shout at the screen? There's like... We were like, boo! I got over it eventually, but I was a little bit weirded out by the fact that it was like scene after scene of this guy in meetings talking in this strange Christopher Walken way. It's fucking boring, man. You know, and I was just like, what the... I, don't even, I, hadn't, I didn't even know who the guy was. I'd never seen him in a film before <laughs> as a 12-year-old. You know, obviously I'm like, no, Christopher Walken, classic actor, Deer Hunter, all the rest of it. But no, back then I was just like, why have they cheated me into watching this film? There's no mention of this guy on the fucking DVD box, on the poster, on any review that I've seen. You know, but anyway, I got over it and I think that it's okay now. (laughs) I'm alright about it now, don't worry. I've been to therapy. Just like the penguins have. (laughs) I've been to therapy. Alright, you're listening to Simon here from the Art Cinema Fart Cinema Podcast. I've got an interesting little fact for you now. Uh, Did you know that the name Pfeiffer originates from a German word meaning whistle, pipe, hence the uh, occupational word for pipe player? Well, I've got an assistant in here with me tonight in the offices of Art Cinema Fart Cinema. She's going to uh, remain mute and nameless but she's going to go to work on my pipe right now for us as a demonstration. Okay, take it away, pipe playing demonstrator assistant, please. (coughs) Oh, oh, that's good. Well done. Well, I think she's shown us who plays the pipe quite well. 
That's some good pipe work right there. I for one know I've enjoyed myself and I'm sure that you listeners out there have enjoyed it too. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently Annette Benning was cast as Catwoman and then she got became pregnant, so Michelle Pfeiffer took her place. Yeah, she decided to step down and Michelle Pfeiffer took the place. Yeah. There's another person involved in this as well. Sean Young was cast as Kim Basinger's character in the first film and she had a horse riding accident. When Batman Returns came along, she campaigned to be Catwoman so aggressively that she actually freaked out Tim Burton and Michael Keaton <laughs> to the to the point where they had like I think restraining orders and stuff like that. She went on she went on the Joan Rivers uh, chat show uh, dressed as Catwoman as part of her campaigning strategy and all that. Interestingly enough, you can watch <clears throat> excerpts of this. Sean Young has a YouTube channel called MSY Pariah. And uh, go to it now and check out a few of her videos is all I'll say because it's, it's, it's quite cool stuff. Uh, background information on like the, the trials and tribulations of a blacklisted husband, you know, yeah. Yeah, so everyone wanted to be Catwoman and Michelle Pfeiffer got there. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess it is, it's just down to being like payday, you know, it's, it's just, it's, they, they know that the films aren't that great. Tim Burton said that the first one was boring and that he wanted... When he did the second one, he hadn't really planned on it, but then he decided to try with more creative freedom to make a better movie, and he feels he feels that he did. I actually don't think there's much in it. Between there's not. Neither of them are very good. Between these two movies, it's the same thing. You feel very much like you could go from watching the first one right into the next one, and it's like the same. It's, it's like watching... a. a an HBO show in a lot it's of like ways. if someone said to you I'm going to poo in your face right <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to poo in your face and then you go is there another option and they go right I'll be sick in your face then and then you're like uh, I, they are different it's, sick isn't poo I guess there's a yeah you can sit there and debate the nuances of like uh, which is would which you is, rather have sick or poo in your face you can't choose uh, I kind of think puke's better than I don't know, like, I'd, I'd rather have neither. <laughs> right, yeah, neither would be better. Or both. <laughs> I think puke's better than shit. Come on. Mm, I don't know, like. Mm. I don't know. Well, anyway, Batman 1 or Batman 2? I don't know. <laughs> number 1 or number 2? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually, yeah, no, I, I, I don't care. Basically, I going back to like our earlier episodes again. I know that we just mentioned Bo Welsh and uh, the Cat in the Hat thing around about the same time, episode two even. Uh, I was defending Superman three and Masters of the Universe, right? So clearly, I don't come from a place of superhero movies have to be good. I'm quite happy for them to be <laughs> superhero trashy. movies aren't good. <laughs> I'm quite happy for them to be trashy and entertaining in all sorts of ways that don't involve. Writing. Actually, I think you've hit on a good point here. Yeah. Superhero movies, and especially this one, actually, I was able to do other stuff while watching this film <laughs> because the furniture of superhero movies is so like constant between the, between the films. I think there's something like 25 Marvel films now, mm-hmm. which is about two days' worth of content. So I spent two days of my life, at least, watching superhero films. So at this point, I know them pretty well, right? I got right. I got it. I don't need to watch anymore. I got it. So when I watch one like this, I just kind of... I know what's going on. It just felt like watching... like. Um, it felt like watching a, a a factory moving, you know. It just felt like. Tr- right. So, but you were saying that you can actually do things while you're watching it and yeah. kind of divide your attention. That Definitely. should go on the poster sometimes. Someone should actually put that on the billboard of a film one time. You'll be able to make up your shopping list and follow the movie. <laughs> Thumbs up. 
Two thumbs up. You'll be able to hang the washing and see, you know, you'll be watching the film from the garden. You know, you can see it through the window. Yeah. Uh, you'll be fine. You, you know, you won't miss out on anything important. It's like the radio. Like Superhero films are like the radio. Batman Returns. It's like the radio. <laughs> you can do the ironing, you know. Uh... <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, I actually do not think that Selena Kyle, uh, the character and her apartment that's all pink and got hello there in the right. Like, so in the car, do you not think that's kind of funny? No? Right. So I when she Selena Kyle Catwoman, she goes into her apartment. Oh, apartment. Mm-hmm. She goes into her apartment. <laughs> apartment. She goes into her apartment. Mm-hmm. She goes. Why are you tripping over this bizarre word? <laughs> I never say apartment. Apartment or... She goes into her flat. <laughs> she goes up to her flat. She goes up to her council house. She goes up to her tenement block and on her wall says hello there in neon letters. And I was like, why the fuck is that there? And then when she turns into Catwoman, she trashes the house for some reason just because she's a mental cat zombie. Mm-hmm. And she fucking guzzles a fuck ton of milk like, fuck yeah, I love milk. Yeah, milk, bitch. Like, even though she's like... I mean, actually, no, it's a cat. Cats like milk, right? Yeah, so oh. it's, it's it's part of her. Oh, it's catness. clever. I understand. So, and then she's and then she doesn't. You don't see her smash the hello there sign, but then in the shot of oh, that pulls away from the flat as she's destroying it, you just see that the sign now says "Hell here." How clever! Bravo! Bravo! But that's not clever because. The sign doesn't make sense being there in the first place. Why, why would you have hello there? And you know what's... It's a cute thing. It's the sort of adult that would have a doll's house, which she does, would also have, like, a hello there sign. It's a fucking weird... It's like, what, what is the... Ah, uh, uh, I don't even know. Well, hello there. Hello there. That's uh, a... <laughs> hello there. Hello there is now a meme because of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars prequels. So... Mm. Like, when I saw hello there on the wall, that's all I thought of. I just thought of Obi-Wan Kenobi going, hello there. Yeah. So, okay. ma- yeah, maybe that maybe that joke's not, not going to work on you because you don't know anything about meme culture, Simon. I'm not a memer, but what I do know about is... Meme uh, culture. What I do know about is a film history, kind of. <laughs> Only kind of. Do you know what Trump really is? I do now, yeah. It means uh, optical illusion, doesn't it? But, like, am I reaching too much when uh, I say that uh, he does the same thing with Michelle Pfeiffer and dressing her in uh, vertical grey that uh, David Lynch does with Naomi Watts in Mulholland Drive to kind of uh, reference vertical? You know something, right? I'm not even joking when I say this. When I was watching this film and when I'd read that it was old school or whatever, I instantly thought of vertical, but not for any reason I could figure out. She was wearing she's wearing the Kim Novak vertical grey type what? garb. And there's all this conversations about duality, isn't it, when she's on her little home date what? with What? But Bruce I didn't Wayne. notice that. Yeah. What? But my brain was thinking it. There's other references as well. Like the you see the um when Bruce Wayne goes down to his lair and he's got like this weird like coffin uh-huh. steel coffin that opens up with spikes. Yeah. And you know that you know, this is like referencing Black Sunday, the Mario Bava film. He did. He, he referenced the same horror movie later on in Sleepy Hollow as well. So, I think that he just yeah, he, he keeps hitting on the same, the same sort of. I kept thing. thinking about Vertigo when I was watching this film, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think that that's so weird, man. I think that Michelle Pfeiffer. It's not so much necessarily Vertigo. I mean, the grey thing, the grey suit is Vertigo, but just her presence is actually very Hitchcockian. Yeah, I'm. I'm spooked out by that. I jet like not. This I is. Think, I'm um, not even doing a bit. Like this is like, 
What the f I mean, but if you think about it, like, her character is, like, patronised by her boss the way that Janet Lee is in Psycho. Uh-huh. You know, it's just, yeah. it's it's all it's all kind of climbing together. It feels like, you know what, I'm going to take, make the effort to kind of nudge this in the, the direction of, of a Hitchcock. Why do I keep thinking of it? Like, that's weird, man. Because I was thinking of the birds as well. What? Right, okay. so, so, like, she gets a cut on her head, and there's, oh my God. there's animals involved in that as well. Yeah. It's not birds, but yeah. And, just... and even, like, the bit where she scratches the guy's face, and um, mm. the blood kind of just appears, but it's clear that they've just kind of squirted it on his face as opposed to actually cut any deep. It's just kind of lame. Uh, maybe that's what. I don't know. I think it was the old schoolness, okay? Yeah, I think that Michelle Pfeiffer's character, her part in the film, especially when she's just in human face before she gets the cat suit <laughs> In on, human obviously. face. In human face. <laughs> You're just going to refer to anyone <laughs> without, in human face. Without the leather mask on. Whenever anyone's yeah. not wearing like clothes that look slightly weird, they're in human face. Same with Michael Keaton. As soon as he's in human face, you know, it's a different That's story amazing. to being in, in Batman face. Human uh, face. Yeah, no, I th- I think that he wanted, he wanted to tick the box of, I'm referencing Hitchcock Please see some effort, you know, here. You know, I've made an effort to make you think of Hitchcock. So that That's weird, man. Let, that, that worked Please, Please accept that, you know, there's some gravitas to this lightweight piece of crap. Michael Keaton is not sexy enough. He's not. You know something? I'm used to my Bruce Wayne's being like Christian Bale. I'm used to my Bruce Wayne's being... Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> I'm used to it being Ben Affleck. I'm used to my Bruce Wayne being sexy. Who's the old sexy. one again? Adam West. Is he sexy as well? Yes. He? I'm used to my Bruce Wayne being sexy. And this Bruce Wayne's not sexy. Well, there was controversy about Michael Keaton playing this because he was... He's no sexy. He was known as a comedian. Johnny Dangerously was the only film that I've ever seen him in, that I, I had ever seen him in outside of a Tim Burton film. So it's basically Beetlejuice and Batman are the films that made him famous. So... You know, you're, he's still very much on the road to being famous when he's cast as Batman. You think that's pretty strange, isn't it? You would think that someone famous would be Batman rather than someone who's going to become famous because of this. And apparently, someone said you could. Yeah, I would think of fifty other people before you get to that guy. And like, what's going on? Like, this is like some studio exec talking that I can't. I can't remember who the quote was was of. But yeah, literally, it was just like, you know, there, there's. I could. I could give you a list right now of fifty people before you get to him. But yet you're you're picking him. Why? I don't know. I ain't feeling it. I don't know how many Michael Keaton supporters there are for in terms of Bruce Wayne. Uh, like he was the perfect choice, brooding, brooding. Oh, Do you like the scene? Like, you see the, the scene, scene where um, Alfred brings him some cold stuff and he, he spits out like it's cold. And there's a, it's fishy swazi. It's supposed to be cold, and he carries on eating it because it's like, well, okay, it's meant to be cold. I want to know what Vichy Swazi is like now. Vichy, I don't know what that is. Vichy Swazi. So. Vichy Swazi. Did that scene go over your head while you were doing... Completely and utterly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was busy kneading dough. I was busy making bread, man. You can bake bread while you're watching this baking film. baking bread. You won't miss anything important. You I, was might... making, I was making croissants. You'll miss the Vichy Swazi uh, reference, but nothing important. Yeah who, yeah, who cares, man? You're already doing something bougie. You're making croissants. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to make one more point, right? So right. One more point. Come on in. So, yeah, uh, Mark Shrek, as played by Christopher Walken, so he, he pushes Selena Kyle out of the, the window, right? If you hit pause, I don't know, like, how everyone's players work, but my Blu-ray player, if you hit pause and then hit pause again, it, it inches forward each time you hit pause, and it's, like, sort of... It gives you... You kind of see about 24 frames over two seconds. 
So it's not like every frame, obviously. So it's sort of slow motion. Yeah. But you want to see the hilarious shit that you see when on, on Christopher Walken's face as he pushes her. Like, he transforms. It's like watching him transform into a monster. Except Is that the thing no... you sent me? The picture I've sent see? picture. Yeah, I've, I've got pictures of <laughs> He this. looks like the demon of Insidious. He yeah. really like the red demon. He looks yeah. like that. It's like it's 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 nightmarish stuff, and it's actually just him. That's what he looks like in a split second when he pushes someone aggressively, and he, he's in his acting part. Even more hilarious though is when it cuts to Michelle Pfeiffer, and it's not her at all. It's actually a stunt double, just for the just for the breaking glass behind her. They've I feel got, like I noticed that as well. They've got a stunt double, and uh, yeah, it's uh, in fact actually it looks like Christopher Walken might actually be her stunt double. So they got Christopher Walken <laughs> to push himself. Like they obviously just got so, like when they did the reverse shot, they got someone in like Christopher, <laughs> some Christopher Walken looking guy from the back of his head to like push Christopher Walken. You know, <laughs> I think I think Christopher Walken was Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, stunt double in this film. I think Christopher Walken, in effect, pushed himself out of a window. <laughs> 